Hello and welcome to episode three of the Pixel Swim podcast. My name is Steve Heinrich. Uh, today is February 8th, 2018. Going to try and cut down on the ums and the so's and the ahs, but no guarantees. We're only three episodes in, so please cut me some slack. <laughs> uh, although nobody's giving me any slack, so no worries. So today I want to talk about a couple things, uh, the first of which is Swappa, which if you haven't heard of it, it's a website for buying and selling phones here in the U.S. Uh, and then the second thing I want to talk about is Mozilla's Project Things, which is kind of their Internet of Things thing, a lot of things going on. So yeah, let's get started with uh, Swappa wanted to start out by saying that this isn't an advertisement or an endorsement for Swappa. Uh, I've just been using it for a long time, so I figured why not talk about it because I've, I've seen kind of the ebbs and the flows of Swappa over the years. So, uh, yeah, it, this isn't... I'm not being paid by Swappa in any way or any manner. So the only way I get paid by Swappa is when I sell a device. So, uh, yeah, I've been on Swappa for seven years now uh since february 3rd of 2011 i checked out my profile before this so i can't believe it's been seven years but uh, i think they've been around for eight years i think they started in 2010 so i've sold 19 devices on swappa and i've bought seven devices so uh, i have a seller rating 13 five-star ratings on swappa so yep uh, <laughs> anyway, so Swappa, like I said earlier, is an online marketplace for used and new smartphones. Uh, over the past couple of years, uh, maybe a little more than that, but they've expanded into like home tech and laptops and video games and watches and VR headsets and stuff like that, too. So they've really expanded their marketplace beyond phones. When they first started, I remember there wasn't a whole lot <laughs> to choose from on there. I mean, it was a new community, uh, so there wasn't a ton. But I was super interested because uh, I was just getting into smartphones right around that time, not too long before that, and I thought it would it was you know a good alternative to eBay. So Swappa is definitely a good alternative to eBay. So there's there's a lot of advantages to to buying on Swappa. Uh, mostly that it's a community with like real people and uh, ways that you can actually communicate with the sellers on there uh, because most of them, I'd say about 90% of them are just regular people, not not bulk sellers. But there, there are bulk sellers on there now, but they're pretty clear and, and you can see who they are. So And I think they have to get up to a certain rating in order to get that status. Uh, so you definitely they're vetted before that you can't just go on Swappa and be like I'm gonna sell in bulk I think you have to kind of go through and get some good ratings uh, make some good sales and and get your numbers up before they let you do that so uh, and then usually you can trust those bulk sellers when they're on there because of that which is a really great thing so uh, but Swappa goes through a bunch of different things to make buying a little more uh, secure and uh, I'd say like just so you know that the device you're buying is a legit device. Uh, I know when when I post something on Swappa, they require you to verify the IMEI number uh, before they will let you 
post it on there. And I think if it's blacklisted, you can't post it on there. So only whitelisted IMEI numbers. Uh, and I know once you take photos and you post them on there, they won't let you put the IMEI in any of the, the photos, I think. I don't know if that's still true or not, uh, but I know once I had it in there on a photo on one of my posts or one of my when I was selling one of my devices and they commented back that, hey, you should probably remove this photo. I'm imagining, you know, some people might take that number and try and use it to sell a junk device. So, uh, yeah, it's pretty nice. They've got that verification system and it's actually kind of cool that they have it. It's a public facing tool, this IMEI checker. And I've actually used it when I was searching on eBay. Some sellers or people left the IMEI number in the in one of the photos, so I just kind of grabbed it out of there and checked it on Swappa, and it was white. You know, found if you find that it's whitelisted, all the better uh, for the listing that you're looking at. So, a uh, very cool tool. Swappa also requires that you, when you're posting. A new device or you know your device that you have a verification photo so once you go through and fill everything out for your your listing you're given I think it's like a six digit randomized code that you are required to upload a f at least one photo with your device next to that code so that way it's kind of like a you know it's just another way to verify things uh, that the device actually exists you know, and that kind of brings another human element into it. So pretty cool, the verification photo. Just a simple, really kind of a human solution to verifying a device. So beyond the IMEI, physically verifying it. So, And then the last thing that's a real advantage is uh, buying on Swappa is the fact that the price that you see is the price that you pay. Uh, there's no extra tax or shipping or anything like that. Actually, I think there might be tax now if you're buying within the state. I'm not 100% sure, but either way, this, the price that you see is the price you pay. And and the thing is, is on every listing on Swappa is that there's a comment section that goes directly to the buyer, or not to the buyer, to the seller. And you can actually negotiate or, you know, haggle with them, you know, if you think that the price should be lower. So a lot of times the the seller... And I know I have. I've come down on 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 the price for a device. So, it's, you know, it's just a really nice. That's kind of what makes it a community. What makes Swap a selling community. So, uh, there's also advantages of selling on Swap. Uh, first of all, there's no fees, uh, so you can just post post your device. I actually usually cross post on Swap and eBay, and hoping that it sells on Swap first because there's no fees. Which actually leads to the next thing is is that on Swappa you get your money right away. Uh, when somebody pays, it goes right into your PayPal right away. You don't have to wait. I know I've sold a lot of devices on eBay, and it's like you know a week or two later that I have that I get my funds. So, and I understand why uh, eBay does that and through PayPal and all that. It it makes sense, but it's really nice to just sell a device and then be uh, have the funds immediately available. So. Uh, it also helps with the shipping and all that stuff. So, uh, yeah, those are definite advantages. There are definite advantages of selling on Swappa. So I've, I've really enjoyed it. Like I said, you can just put it up there and cancel it at any time if you want to. No big deal. I think that's their their pricing structure. Basically, when you post on Swappa, uh, there's, there's a fee 
uh, that gets added on to whatever the price is that you're posting your device for. So I think it's ten over a hundred dollars, one hundred dollars plus. I think it's a ten dollar fee for us a phone. I'm not sure about all the other stuff that they have on there, like the laptops and the video games and stuff like that. But for a phone, it's a flat fee of ten dollars for a hundred dollars or more. And I sold quite a few under $100, so $99 and less. They actually changed it recently to a $5 flat fee. So, And that just gets added on to, the, to your posted price. So it's nice and simple. That's the thing that I've always liked about it. It's so simple to find a device on there. And also just everything just kind of makes sense. I think Swap was doing it right. I think that's why they've had such growth over the years. So, But... With that in mind, there are a few disadvantages <laughs> to Swappa, to using Swappa, but it's really, I don't, there's nothing that would really deter me from buying on Swappa or selling on Swappa. So the buyer, because the way that they put it is that the buyer pays the seller fee. So that's an advantage for the, for the seller, but for the buyer, they have to pay that extra $10. So really what that kind of ends up, ha- what ends up happening is I feel like sometimes on Swappa things will be five or $10 more than they are on eBay because of that fee that gets added on top. So, uh, you know, it's something to keep in mind uh, if you're shopping around, but you, a lot of times uh, you can, you can find somebody on, on selling something on Swappa that is usually more times, a lot of times, I find that some sellers want to just get rid of a device. It's like a device you have hanging around. You'll find a, you can find these listings a lot, and you'll notice that they'll post it for, you know, twenty or thirty dollars less than the next up device. You know, they're just trying to get rid of it. So sometimes that fee gets in the way. Sometimes it doesn't. And just like eBay, there can be some what I call lazy sellers on Swappa who basically. Uh, essentially when I open a listing and I take a look at the pictures, sometimes all I can think and and say to myself is, why, did, why didn't you wipe the phone down before you took pictures that you're trying to sell the phone, like take a damp rag and maybe wipe off the fingerprints. Uh, but that's on eBay too. So that's down to seller, you know, uh, I'm just kind of picky and, and weird like that. So I notice those things, uh, but I, you know, usually don't buy those <laughs> devices. So whenever I put anything on there, I always try and clean it up real good. You know, you got to present it because you're trying to sell it. So uh, like I said, that's a problem on eBay, though, too. So uh, one of the other disadvantages of Swappa is that they don't necessarily have all of the devices that, you know, you could find on eBay. On eBay, you can basically find almost any device, even if it's from some weird seller halfway around the world, you know, for three times as much as you want to pay, <laughs> they have it, you know, so there's always the option. But some, a lot of times on Swappo, there's uh, they have all the popular devices. Don't get me wrong. Um, so it's not a huge deal. But sometimes if you're looking for a slightly niche device or even a really niche device, uh, they don't necessarily always have it. There. So but they do have a subscribe button. I think I mentioned this uh, last episode in the, the Pixel Bin Bargain of the Week. Uh, about the 950 subscribing to the page so that's a really good way to keep track of a device or if somebody's posting a device a specific device so uh yeah that's i've really enjoyed using swappa over the years there it's a really great website like i said i've been a member for 
seven years. So it's they're good people. There's a it's there's a real human element to it uh, that you don't get with eBay. I definitely uh, highly recommend Swapla if you like to buy and sell smartphones either either end of the spectrum if you're buying or selling. So yeah, that's Swapla. All right, so on to the second point, last point that I wanted to go over today. Uh, it was actually an article entitled ugh, "Entitled Mozilla's New Things Gateway is an Open Home for Your Smart Devices. This is by Matthew Hughes. Uh, this was a day ago on The Next Web. So the article starts out, If you're a smart home fanatic, you're probably familiar with the struggles of getting devices from disparate developers to play nicely with each other. Um, let me just stop there because I am not an Internet of Things person. I don't have any smart home devices. Uh, I only own smartphones right now. Uh, I don't really have a desire to turn off my lights with my phone. Um, so yeah, just disclaimer, I'm not an Internet of Things person yet, per se. I do like to follow it, though. I think it's a cool idea, but I don't really see myself getting... creating a smart home anytime soon so anyway uh, let me continue on here so it says you may have a thermostat that works over one protocol and a light switch that communicates over another the fragmentation is real and it means that consumers are having to make difficult choices about the connected gear that they buy okay so i i'm gonna throw that out there to anybody who's going through that uh who has a bunch of smart home devices that don't necessarily gel. So, But then it goes on to say, Mozilla has noticed, uh, referring to this problem, uh, yesterday the foundation launched one of its first, one of the first Salvos in its Project Things effort, an integration of IoT Hub called Things Gateway. And let me just remind everybody that this is Mozilla, like uh, Firefox Mozilla. So anyway. Okay, so carrying on in the article, continues, Using a Raspberry Pi and Mozilla's newly released software, users can control their smart home devices through an enticing voice and browser-based interface. The Things Gateway uses the microphone and user's computers and provides a URL that can be accessed from anywhere in the world. So I think it's cool that uh, Mozilla's using... Uh, Raspberry Pi is kind of the the device to control all of your devices. Uh, anyway, so it goes on. Mozilla's tech allows users, not necessarily developers, to write scripts using if this, then that logic. These perform actions when conditions are met and work across all supported Internet of Things devices. So uh, the article goes on. Uh, it says, so through the Things Gateway, Things Gateway being a proper noun, you can theoretically tell your thermostat to crank up the heat when you turn on the living room lights. You can already do similar stuff with IFTTT, uh, which I've actually used that website. It's a really great website. I've been using it for a long time. I think it's a great idea. It's so cool to be able to connect things together, uh, use it with a lot of social media and stuff like that. So anyway, so it says it's nice to have an open and non-commercial alternative. And it says, in addition, Things Gateway is extensible. This doesn't just relate to additional devices, support for which can be added gradually, but also third-party applications. These can access the gateway through OAuth. 
Uh, so yeah, extensible. You think Firefox, you think extensible Mozilla. Yeah, of course, they're going to make this software extensible. Uh, it says out of the box, the Things Gateway supports Zigbee and Z-Wave. Uh, no idea what those are. Although users will need to purchase compatible dongles separately. Uh, th actually, I think it's some sort of way that your devices connect. But uh, And then it says, although Mo Mozilla doesn't call things gateway a hub, it's analogous to the centralized smart home hubs that have existed for ages. Things gateway is interesting as it's a completely open system with commercial hubs, there's always a risk that the manufacturer may get bought or run out of cash, resulting in support for products being canned. And I thought this next part was kind of uh, kind of interesting and, and why Mozilla doing this open source uh, Internet of Things software thing is, is important. And I think it's cool that they're doing this. So it says the best example of this, of uh, product being canned, is the Google-owned Nest, which bought hub maker Revolve in 2014. 17 months later, it permanently discontinued the product. When Nest turned off Revolve servers, it bricked the hubs that punters had previously bought for over $200. It says that risk doesn't apply here. To be clear, they're not casting doubt on Mozilla's longevity, but if worse comes to worse, Things Gateway would continue to exist. The software is open source and freely available on GitHub. And then it says it's pretty exciting, but worth remembering that the project Things isn't just a single project, but rather an effort to address the broader issue of IoT fragmentation. As you'd expect from Mozilla, it's taking an open and standards-driven approach to this. Uh, yeah, like my uh, Firefox. So it goes on. In addition to consumer-oriented products like the aforementioned gateway, the firm is interested in the technological fundamentals of how these devices talk. It's lobbying for the creation of an accepted open standard. Mozilla is an active contributor to the W3C's web of things inter interest group this wants to give device manufacturers a consistent standardized protocol for devices to communicate over if ultimately accepted it would create a long-awaited even playing even playing field for the internet of things and would go some way to addressing the creeping issue of vendor lock-in oh that sounds great so that's always a good thing open source is really really there's a lot of advantages to it. So uh, then it says, if you're interested in building your own things gateway, you can read Mozilla's how to, and I'll put a link to that there. Uh, this article was kind of a uh, going down a rabbit hole for me. So I'm going to put a few other links uh, of, especially to this article. Uh, let's see. It's called how to build your own private smart home with a raspberry Pi and Mozilla's things gateway. So basically the, everything I just went over, this kind of goes over the hardware you need, the Raspberry Pi and stuff like that, uh, the SD card. And then it tells you how to install the software and use the Raspberry Pi to set up all of your your uh, home, your smart home stuff. Uh, it, it walks you through in pretty plain language. Um, it, well, first of all, if you're going to do this, there is a little bit of a learning curve if you're getting into this for the first time. But if you've been using Internet of Things and your smart home stuff, uh, this article should probably be pretty easy to follow. Uh, you basically install software onto a Raspberry Pi, and then you can connect things, and it gives you all the options to uh, connect 
your your smart home stuff, your light bulbs and your sockets and all that stuff. And then you can actually set up like a floor plan of your house so you can kind of see all of your stuff in one place to turn it on and off and stuff like that. So and and there's also like an add-ons. It goes over how to use add-ons for it, which is the extensibility for this um, and it goes over how to use the voice actions on this uh, how to go over the updates and stuff like that uh, so yeah I'll post that so you can check it out it's pretty cool like I said I'm not big into home smart home stuff right now but it's definitely worth following because I think there's a lot of cool automation stuff that you can come up with and it looks like Mozilla is kind of heading off issues that are happening already within the in the spectrum of of the internet of things so kudos to them uh, hopefully this is a good thing if it's not <laughs> please let me know if there's some horrible reason this isn't good but i can't see one uh, on the surface of things here so yeah i thought i'd share that very cool stuff uh, especially if you like raspberry pies which i really i you know i think i i just Maybe that's going to be my next tech purchase. It's always been on my radar, so very cool stuff. Uh, yeah, so check it out. Okay, so that wraps up this week. Uh, went over SWAPA and Mozilla's Internet of Things thing. So that moves on, moves us on to the last segment, as usual, which is the Pixel Bin Bargain of the Week. So every week I'm finding... A good bargain on a smartphone. Uh, this week it's on Swappa. Uh, not a coincidence. <laughs> so uh, it's the LG G5 T-Mobile version, but it's GSM unlocked for uh, GSM carriers in the U.S. So it's going for near mint from a bulk seller called uh, Four Less Phones. Phones spelled with an F. It's going for one nineteen near mint LG G5, which is an amazing price. For the LG G5. It's still a really great phone. It's got the wide angle camera on the back. Uh, I actually had this phone for a little while. I'm not kind of regret getting rid of it. Uh, battery life's not the greatest, but it's got a Snapdragon 820, 4 gigs of RAM. It's a 5.3 inch. It's like a quad HD screen, 2800 milliamp battery. Uh, this is the phone where they were trying to do their own kind of mods system. So the bottom pops off. You can replace the battery. You can there's like a a camera attachment uh, that slides in the bottom, and also I think like a some sort of DAC system that you can attach to the bottom too. So it's a nice phone. It really is. So I thought I'd also add on this week because uh, whenever I get a new phone, I always want to get a case for it right away. So I'm gonna put a link to eBay, just the LG G5 and Scipio search result. Uh, they're on there for like four to eight bucks, you get an Incipio case for the LG G5. So if you pick it up for, pick up the LG G5 for 119, we'll call it 120, and then like six bucks for a case, 126 for an LG G5 cased, and a nice Incipio case too. Incipio, great cases. Uh, I always start with them. Uh, every time I don't start with an Incipio case, I always end up getting one. So 126, can't go wrong, out the door, uh, shipped. So, yeah, check that out. Um, so that wraps it up this week. I appreciate you tuning in again to the Pixel Swim Podcast, Episode 3. I'm still working on an article that I'm trying to get up there. <laughs> again, let's just let's just say it again. Look out for an article on the website. So if you want to check out pixelswim.com for all of the social links, 
uh, follow and subscribe through there. I appreciate you tuning in again to episode three. I hope you have a good night or whatever time of day it is that it is when you're listening to this. So thanks again and Godspeed. Godspeed.